Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast. We're here today to talk about episode four of season nine. It is time to get back on the Hot Mess Express and go through six out of the seven couples that are on this season for this episode. I cannot wait to go through it all. I am, of course, your host and conductor, Puya Zanvakili, ready to break it all down. And with me today, I've got an amazing guest. Can't wait to introduce him to you, okay? First of all, if you like gossip, you like this man. Second of all, if you like the challenge, you can find him talking the challenge over on the Dom and Colin Network. But also, if you like Love Island and mess in general, he can be kind of the kernel of mess, if you will. It is the one, the only Brian Scally here with me today. Scally, how you doing? Oh, hello, hello. I'm good. I'm good. I was excited to be here. I spent a sixth of my budget on a laptop just so I could do this. Uh, I'm good. I like how uh, liking gossip is part of my introduction now. Well, when your when your Twitter bio is if there's gossip, DM me. I really don't have any other direction to go. You know, when I introduce myself in a way, I should not be surprised that others follow suit. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you were more able to spend a sixth of your budget on a computer, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you know, just had to be here. It was not a want, but a need. So it made sense. Okay, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Scally, I can't wait to break down all of this with you now. Obviously, like I said at the top, we've gone through four episodes. You watched three before we covered this one. What have your thoughts been on the season so far? I'm enjoying the season. I have been thoroughly enjoying the last few seasons of 90 Day. I feel like we have some interesting couples here at the very least. I feel like it's a big mix up from the couples that we had on the last couple seasons. So I so far have been very much enjoying this ride so far. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a fun ride. I mean, I've always said I'm a big proponent of give me a new season where um, people are not familiar with and, and we can get to know as a family week by week. They did that with the addition of throwing in peppering in one returning couple, which I'm okay with. I'll deal with. We'll yada yada them when we get there. But no, it's been good so far. Four episodes in. It feels fresh. I honestly think if anything, this might have been the slowest week so far. 
Yeah, it might have been, but that's fine. I mean, for me, I feel like uh, because the storylines are just like so continuous, a lot of it just bleeds in week to week. So uh, when we actually like go through and break it down, I'm sure maybe it's not as eventful of a week, but seasons of 90 day for me, like really flow all together. And I enjoy it for that as well. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time. It's a good we have we have fun here. We try to at least. Um, all right, Scally, let's dive in here. Let's talk about the last couple that we're probably going to meet for the first time this season, and that is Patrick and Thais. Now, this is a very interesting story with Patrick and Thais because we immediately get to being introduced to Patrick. Patrick is 31 years old. He lives in Austin, Texas, and his B-roll starts with him putting like weights and weights and weights. He's about to like lift this, you know, mountain of weights. And then he only lifts like the 25 pounder. Like, well, why would we see him pile on the weights? That was a choice. Um, but no, uh, Patrick is a weightlifter. We learn, obviously he starts his mornings by going to the gym five, six AM. He is of firm belief that if pain exists, it is weakness leaving the body. So he's not too concerned about it. And then, Scally, we learn that Patrick was building up to end up at the Olympics in 2012 when he tested positive not once, but twice for performance enhancing drugs. And that career is not behind him. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it was setting us up to believe like, oh, man, this guy is like a world class weightlifter. Nope. Those days are behind him. We're down to the 25 pounds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the first thing that stood out to me in this little segment is at first I was like, all right, I like Patrick, like a little introduction. I'm getting to know him, but the way in which he phrases like, and then I tested positive and not like I was doing these things, which disqualified me. Oh yeah. Like, oh, so we are just like pushing off like, Oh, and then like something happened in that I was testing positive. Like, Oh, I wonder how that happened. Uh, so <laughs> wondering if Patrick is going to be taking the most responsibility uh, for all of the situations that we may unfold over season yeah see i wouldn't i wouldn't lose sleep on it i'm not gonna bet anything on it because the phrasing there of oh yeah and i tested positive for not a i'm i really screwed up and i got caught because even when he brought up that maybe he had done something he's like i tried to take a shortcut anyways moving on like no no (laughs) you can just yada yada this you legitimately got banned from a sport that you loved and were en route to end up in the olympics in so Mm -hmm. it is yada yada that yeah, I, I am a little worried about Patrick's storyline as we get down here. Uh, there, there's some similarities that uh, I'm flagging up as we go through, but Patrick, you know, he ultimately talks about then what, right? He talks about how he and his wife actually met through weightlifting as well. That's right. He said that him and his wife met through weightlifting and that once he was no longer in that world, you know, she had fallen in love with the weightlifter, so she filed for divorce and he they got separated. He kept the big house, but then didn't want to live in it alone. So his brother, John, older brother, John, moves in with him. And now they're roommates in this big house that was intended for him and his ex-wife, which will now have his new fiance living in with him. Mm, seems like a recipe for success. I don't see anything going wrong here. Nothing uh, but green flags for me. Uh, yeah, John <laughs> seems like everyone's ideal roommate. Uh, just <laughs> add him into the crew. We're good to go. I see no problems. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. John seems lovely. <laughs> but no, and that's the thing, Scally, right? Is that so we meet John and and John and Patrick, this comes up like five different times in the episode that, oh, where we kind of live the bachelor lifestyle. We're living in like a bro house. You know, we 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 are two singles living it up or like bros. And again, he's the younger brother at 31. And these two are living like they're 24. Look, I can understand living like you're 24. <laughs> it's an enjoyable uh, time that you. Oh, it's great. There's you. no there's no tasks. There's no obligations. Life is smooth. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, I get if he wants to stick around for a couple more years. It just unfortunately does not seem like Patrick is on that same uh, page. So <laughs> once that house is going to be shared, it's going to leave some conversations to be had for sure. Yeah. No, I would definitely say so because. Now, on the flip side of all of this, we start learning a little bit about how he may have met uh, Thais. But before we get there, we learned that um, uh, Patrick and Patrick's mom and dad divorced when he was age seven. And since then, his mom pretty much raised all the kids solo. And he always felt like he wanted her attention, but wouldn't get it. And then um, his mom had some like health issues. And once he started training for the Olympics, he started keeping distance from his family. And when everything started going downhill, John really saves him. John really becomes the guy who, you know, from the family is someone he can depend on. And then I thought, oh, so the dad left, never heard from the dad again. No, no, no. Then we find out, oh, so his dad moved to Brazil eight years ago and he went to visit his dad in Brazil and then changed his dating app location to Brazil. And that's how he found Thais. So mm-hmm. who would have thought? I'm wondering if there's even anything uh, else in the past that we have not yet heard about because where he basically was like, if John was not around, like my life would be very different than how it is now. So I'm wondering if we're going to learn about anything else, uh, any, you know, just like situations he got himself in, uh, mm-hmm. which might have been a little tougher. So uh, I don't know when you'd like John was apparently that important in like getting him to where he is now i don't think we're losing john so easily either uh it's a tough situation to be in i think once you know he's going down to brazil visiting his dad and just like incomplete vacation mode all the time uh you know it's going to be an adjustment that's right definitely and so he meets thais and you know the regular 90 day stories they have all the lore is very similar they fall in love. They start trying to see each other. But with these two, they saw each other about 14 times <laughs> since oh they've been dating because he does a flight every, he does a trip every two weeks to go back and forth from the States, from Austin to Brazil, Austin to Brazil to see her, which is a lot of trips and a lot of money. If you ask mm. me, that's a lot. Well, a lot of money on the trips, but then. Patrick also says that every day he's not here working, he's losing a thousand dollars a day. Which um, <laughs> is that income you're losing out on, or is that you're spending a thousand a day? 
I don't know. It's, I mean, it seemed like he was losing, like by not being at work, I am losing a thousand dollars a day. In which case, like Patrick, you got that big house. I'm willing to be adopted. It's fine. Um, <laughs> like, like a thousand I'll housekeep for good rates. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so we'll see. I am a quieter roommate than John. <laughs> like I could tell you that much. Um, but yeah, I do not know. All right, Patrick, like congratulations congrats yeah <laughs> i so we haven't even talked about his job so now he since he cannot go into the weightlifting life he goes door to door selling security equipment and it's a joint operation with john where if they go door to door and he makes a sale john then is part of the installation crew and john installs them which is fascinating because i don't does do you think that would co- like, how are they making a thousand a day off of this? I'm wondering if it's like he owns the company almost at this point. Oh, and it's like, a pyramid scheme. That's what I'm wondering. And mm. so it's like, oh, we are losing like the company is losing a thousand dollars a day, and John's just not working while I'm gone. Um, so I'm wondering if that's what it is because uh, I don't understand otherwise where he has found this like very cushy job otherwise. It's good living, it's good eats, the house looks good, everything looks good, but (laughs) this is the beginning. Everything looks good right now. I can already tell you this is going to be one of the messier couples this season because the other thing we learned, so they later show us another scene and um, Patrick is about to call Thais on like FaceTime in his room, but he's left the door open and John is downstairs with like three of their buddies, just broing it up, douching it up, whatever you want to call it, just being loud. And first of all, Thais can't speak English. So Patrick has picked up some uh, Portuguese, which honestly is his best quality so far that he's mm-hmm. actually gone through the effort to learn it. So I love that from him. Um, but then when John downstairs starts piping up a little bit, you can tell Thais is very irritated that John is, you know, being loud and they're about to live together. All three of them are about to live together. John likes to party, likes to be loud. And I think Thais wants to have a relationship um, living situation and not a relationship plus roommate living situation, which he's getting. Mm-hmm. Like either Patrick's a dummy in that he just like left the door open, not thinking about the sound that was very obvious or production or he's a dummy in that production was like, oh, no, the sound quality will be better if like the doors open. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, because in other ways, he has shown that he's willing to go out of his way, like learning Portuguese in order to like make their relationship better. So I think he's very into this. He says she's the hottest woman he's ever seen when he pulled up. He was worried she was fake and when she wasn't, he just screamed. And I feel like if someone opened the door and just screamed at me, I would probably close that door and like go away. But it's worked out for them. And I don't think it's, uh, you know, due to any lack of trying on Patrick's end. So um not yeah. confident where he's going to Liana go. did say that she thought maybe the door, like production left the door open. Either mm-hmm. way, it was a bad move, no matter who mm-hmm. did it. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's funny because then John comes into the room for whatever reason and Thais tells him, yeah, I don't want any parties. And Patrick is the translator in this instance. So he translates and John replies, 
oh, it's not a party. It's just a good time. Like, we're just having a good time. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize those things were could never be the same thing. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I mean, if he had just been like, it's four people, <laughs> like maybe getting the point across a little easier. Like, yeah, people are having fun, but like, it's only four. Trust me. I'm not like throwing a rager at this house right now. Um, I can show you the cameras, um, but I, I don't know. It, maybe not getting everything across as clearly as he thinks he is. Yeah. And I, and I do think that um, this is obviously going to be a big issue because Patrick is the one that can translate and he's obviously not going to translate correctly on both sides. Either his language proficiency couldn't have been there or he's going to be selective because I know you don't want to be in the middle of the drama, right? So Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be tough for him. It's going to be tough with John because I think John's going to come in as a protective older brother of, I don't want my younger bro to be taken advantage of and like have his, individuality robbed and this is a great precursor to what's about to be discussed with these two in like five seconds it seemed Um, like selective translation if the subtitles are to be believed i'm not brushed up on my portuguese at the moment personally it's been a minute (laughs) where um (laughs) says basically uh like okay john goes now like i'm done with him (laughs) and he's like oh she said that like it was good to meet you but like we're gonna talk privately now so um (laughs) yeah i believe what she said was, he's being loud. Can you kick him out? Yep. <laughs> Can you get rid of him? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it happens. It, it, I mean, you know, depending on the people. But with yeah. them, for sure, it's going to happen quite a few times. Now, we get one more scene with them. And they, it's John and Patrick going to this bar to have some drinks, you know, have a good time. And he, uh, John goes inside and, and Patrick says, hold on, I need to text Thais. I'll be right there. And we find out that Thais and Patrick have location sharing on. Now, I don't know if I've, I don't know how deep I've talked about this before. Liana and I have had location on for like the last two, three years, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no problem with the location sharing on. It just ultimately became a thing of like, when we would do trips and we did trips about once a month, we weren't flexing two weeks at a time, Patrick. But when we would do our trips, um, I, the location helped because Liana would be driving. So I'd be able to keep an eye on like, Ooh, okay. Liana's about like 40 minutes away. I can start getting dinner ready, that kind of stuff. Mm. And then um, when Liana was at conference, it was a good way of like, okay, she's safe. Everything's good. And then <laughs> this past week with New York, the same thing happened, but on the opposite where Liana was like, I woke up um, Wednesday morning and I checked and your phone was in Manhattan, but knew you were in Brooklyn. So I thought maybe like your phone got stolen or something happened. It was just a glitch. My phone was in my bed, in my bed in Brooklyn. So I don't know, but I think there's healthy ways to having location sharing. It's effective in many ways with these two. It doesn't feel healthy whatsoever. It feels very, very red flag. Yeah, no, there's definitely ways that this can work. That way is not, I need to also give a phone call to explain exactly why I'm at each individual restaurant that I'm at, um, because I know that she is going to be checking. It was she or he, um, but in this case, she is going to be checking. So uh, that is where it starts getting a little iffy. Yeah, I mean, we saw something similar when it came to Gino and Jasmine 
last season where mm-hmm. Jasmine wanted, the, she was like, receipts, give me the reports. And and he would start giving screenshots of this, the location, this, the restaurant that, Hey, I'm, you're coming in on camera with me. This is the ser- like server here. So we've seen this happen before, but this instance, it's a little bit more complicated because initially I was like, I mean, look again, I just said I'm fine with location sharing. That's, that's chill. But when he goes inside, John doesn't take kindly to the whole location sharing. So John decides, hey, I'm going to bother these two people at the bar for no reason and get their unwarranted opinions on my brother's living situation and relationship. So we get quite possibly my favorite lower third that we've ever gotten on the show. We meet Brian and Angela, a.k.a. the bar patrons. (laughs) And... They are asked their opinions on all this. And Angela seems very support. Angela's like, listen, as long as it works for you two and you're in love, that's all that matters. And Brian was like, yeah, no, I find it weird. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> yeah. What is Brian hiding that he doesn't want to turn his location on? Listen, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's the story here. <laughs> Brian's sketchy and Angela's 100% going to float this idea with their partner. Like, oh, Angela's my phone doesn't even do have this. It doesn't have it. We can't do this, Angela. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have GPS, so that's not going to work. <laughs> I actually just lost my phone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like Brian and Angela. I feel like they're interesting. A uh, little like, you know, ruffles here where John seems actually even like posted up so close to them all of a sudden he's like three yards away from uh patrick just like sitting on top of angela like yeah mm-hmm. aren't you on my side like what there are sides now <laughs> but okay <laughs> john we're getting a little invested maybe a little too much but that's the thing is that brian and angela would be a great side quest like couple to follow throughout the season like i would mm-hmm. love if they did something like that obviously i think this is a one and done we're never gonna see brian and angela again but John tries very hard. And I think what helps John get a little bit more outraged is finding out that Patrick offered up the locations thing because they would end up getting in little arguments about stuff that didn't happen or didn't exist. And he was like, well, this is useless. I'll just turn my location on. That'll make it easier. Give her the ease of mind. Some of the arguments that um, Patrick made were that, you know, if she thinks I'm out at the club, that she can see I'm in bed. So it's a lot of like their location sharing is stemmed from the insecurities of the couples of like, oh, I don't trust you, which is awful. But then we find out that Patrick now is no longer allowed to train female reps that join the door to door security sales corporation business. So he is not allowed to interact with the female representatives that join now. He can't train them because Thais doesn't like that because Thais doesn't understand why he needs to. So you put all this together. It's red flags, but then also he shares footage, video footage of like the house security to prove like, Oh, we weren't having a party or no one was there. This is too much. 
Yeah. I mean, first of all, who knows how many thousands of dollars Patrick is giving up a day by not training female reps, but in order, (laughs) in order to then go and actually like, all right, let me fast forward through all the footage for the month. So like prove to you that no one was at the house. I, this is a lot. I know that he is like, well, once she gets here, things are going to change and I'm going to stop sharing my location. Like, Oh, you you never stop sharing the location. (laughs) Like as soon as you volunteered it, why do you want to stop? So uh, I feel like that's <laughs> going to raise red flags. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've we been in quarantine for two years now, and <laughs> our location's still on, even though I'm in, this, in the house every day. <laughs> it's just not a discussion that's like ever come up, but also with them, I'm like, Thais needs this. Thais looks mm-hmm. at this daily. If you don't think, and Thais is going to be home alone while you're working, and she has nothing to do. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna want you to keep that open, keep that on. So well, don't you know, get cocky about it. The thing is, you already brought them up. Like Gino last season was like having to check in at every restaurant that he went to, and I was like, what could Gino possibly be doing? And then we find out what Gino could possibly be doing. Oh yeah, then he and- showed his entire ass three times over. So I am like, you know what? Get him. Get, get, get Patrick. What is he doing? What did he do already that we are like at this point? Listen, um, <laughs> we need an aerial drone following him door to door. We need more footage at this point with Patrick, if anything. Yeah. So until this season is over, I am going to be suspicious of what's coming out here that uh, got them to this point. But, you know, if it's nothing, this is really extreme. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Is that I feel like it's already not a good look for Thais, but then also I don't think it's a good look for Patrick either mm-hmm. because the setup to all of this is Patrick's still kind of living the bro life and maybe hasn't prepared for living with Thais. And really what I didn't like, what big red flag for me was in explaining why John is going to live with them. He says, well, I don't want to say bye to John. And then he leaves and then, me and Thais don't work out and then she leaves and then I'm alone again. It's like, really? That's your mentality going in that already like your brothers, your you don't want to have your fail safe leave and you are already expecting to not be with, with Thais. That seems like a interesting set of steps. See, cause I took it as like, I don't know. Is John like, I am not leaving this house no matter what you say. And like, he's going to have to like force him out of here and it's going to be like a bad relationship as a result. Because he did say about how like he grew up and he never got as much attention from his mom as he wanted to because she had her own difficulties or his dad wasn't around. When he got married, he thought it was best that he not be around his family. Who knows if the difficulties contributed to that. But like, it took a little while for him to then like get back around them, really connect with John. And I can see like the worry of if it is going to cause stress on his and John's relationship, fear of like losing them again is Mm -hmm. scary. So I don't blame him for like being scared to then like fall into this like not great place that John pulled him out of and not not having John there to pick him back up should things not work out. But I mean, there's going to need to be a little compromise on all sides, at least here. Yeah, no, that is a fair point that you've brought up um, earlier as well in that we don't know how big the connection was from when um, uh, Patrick gets removed from the world of weightlifting and loses essentially everything that he loves with both his sport and his partner. So 
We don't know any of that. So I could see why he might be a little bit more, you know, scared to be left mm-hmm. without anyone. Like it's a fear you have, right? You don't want to end up back in that spot again. So I hadn't thought of that. Um, we're going to see Thais next week. First time ever. She's going to be arriving to the States. So I'm excited about that. I, the John and Thais thing, it's, I don't think it's ever going to gel. I don't think it's ever going to gel. And that's like, that's the, that's the brother-in-law and the fiance. That's not the couple. The couple itself could have problems. Mm -hmm. But if the first thing we see from next week in the preview is that she isn't excited to move in with John and she hasn't even experienced it. Oof. Yeah, not ideal. I mean, maybe Patrick could like help find a place for John and like that could be a positive storyline, but I just don't think that that is going to be any time in the next couple episodes, unfortunately for them. Yeah, I would gamble on unlikely for that one. (laughs) All right. So, Scally, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about Kara and Guillermo. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right. Now, let's talk about a couple who we've really not had a lot going on with. And we're going to continue that trend today with this episode. It's Karen Guillermo. And we talked about this early on in the 90 Day Fiance podcast where they seem like they're going to have the least drama and are going to be the least problematic of the couples. And given the drama they gave us, Gally, I think that's still ringing true to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not seeing many problems here that are like even can arise at this point if this is what we're already dealing with. Uh, like it's fun. I really like Guillermo. I think he's like, a, you know, an entertaining personality. He seems like sweet, but I am not seeing big drama here. Well, when so Guillermo's like a little like lost puppy who has now found his way and is so excited, enthusiastic about everything, which I loved. Like him being excited about the the um uh, bales of hay mm-hmm. and all of that, but then also talking about how he used to watch a duck hunting show and he kind of loves that accent and would love to have the Alabama accent. 
which I was like, I'm sorry, were you, are you talking about Duck Dynasty? You want the Duck Dynasty accent? Uh, uh, Guillermo, don't know. I liked you. Stop with the Duck Dynasty. <laughs> like We can walk away from that. <laughs> I just and I loved him trying the accent too, but he really likes it. He thinks it sounds sophisticated. Hey, I mean it's fun. Like, I, and that's where he's like, "Oh, you're gonna be annoyed with me, like, for this." And Kara's like, "No, like, I'm really enjoying this." And like, I agree. Like, it's fun to show just like anyone, like where you live and like where uh, you come from, regardless mm-hmm. of how different that may be to like what they're used to. So, uh, I think it's like a fun relationship here. But the problem is with Kara having like. It just talked about him like he's a child for the first couple of weeks at points. Uh, it makes me sometimes view him in that way. And it's just like, uh, that's not how we should be evaluating things with Guillermo either. I don't. And I think that's the problem of how Kara set it up because yeah. Guillermo does have the, like, he is probably what the, is he the youngest cast member of the season? Maybe, right? I think he is tied with Miona. That I can. Oh, that checks. That yes, but then, um, and I think both of them do show their age in that regard. Mm. But Guillermo also has this like he's very soft spoken and he's very enthusiastic, which does give you that like oh, like you're you know youngin. So Mm -hmm. Kara made a huge mistake by putting that out there because now I do agree with that. It's a little bit difficult, and that conversation gets a little bit worse because so obviously when these couples meet up for the first time. You know, I don't have to say it for all of them, but when they specify, we have to talk about it. They broke in the new bed. Okay. They, they had the sex, these two. <laughs> and I don't know why I said it like that. I was so like weird. It was, it would have been normal to just say they had sex. I don't know. No, why. no, okay, keep going. Whatever. You're good. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm, I'm definitely not talking myself into a corner here. Okay. And more of you're sounding more of a Kara and less of a Guillermo at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so then they made Whoopi and <laughs> um, the big conversation, the big drama point for them, this episode's galley is that as he's unpacking, Guillermo mentions, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to get a couple of stuff here, um, like a computer and so on. And then it doesn't really go into the so on. We just stay on the computer because Kara says, hmm, you didn't even have a computer before. You don't need a computer. What would you need a computer for? And she fights back that that is a lot more money than what she's comfortable giving out. And hey, maybe we start with a toothbrush first. Ugh. Yikes. I, yeah, because that's the thing is where he says, like, there's a few things I want. It's like, okay, well, what else do you want? <laughs> like, we could maybe approach in that direction. <laughs> Why did we jump to a thousand dollar laptop? Why did, you know, yeah. there were different points of discussion in here that could have been like dealt with rather than like, mm, you're cute. You'll get a toothbrush instead. That's where I was like, Ugh, I don't like this. Yeah, I agree. And um, there's obviously a big mistake here with Guillermo or a big lack of understanding when Guillermo's like, well, you know, some of the money that we saved up, like I sold my stuff before I moved. So it's technically my money. And she's like, no, it's our money. He's like, well, it's, you know, some of it's my money. I want to spend it on stuff, which listen, as a couple, it's our money for the most part in my relationship, it's our money, but then we each make separate money. So sometimes I'll use my card being a little bit more like, yeah, this is a purchase I'll make and kind of like, I think it'll be good. 
um, mm-hmm. and Liana likewise. But then for the most, if it's a big, per, like a laptop, we discuss it, you know? So I agree when she was like a sixth of our budget and it's $6,000 that they've saved. I was like, you don't have to start at a thousand. You can get a laptop for two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. That'll function with what you need, which also, um, what do you want this laptop for? Not that it matters. Cause he, Hey, he wants a computer. I feel like everyone, if they can have a computer access, like do it. There's plenty of things to do there from stress release in watching stuff on the internet, learning to code, um, playing games, chatting with friends, communicating with family, et cetera, et cetera. But then part of my mind, you know, did go into, you want it for porn? Like, is that what you're doing? <laughs> okay. Everyone's mind went there. Okay. <laughs> because I was like, you can technically use Kara's laptop if you, if you must, you know? Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. Of course, everyone's mind goes there first. Guillermo, what do you want this computer for that you're not comfortable using her computer for? That you're not outward <laughs> saying either. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, there are a limited number of things that you may think that would be. But at the same time, where Kara says basically like, all right, end of discussion. That's done. Like, no more talking about it. I can see where he's like, oh, I'm on the computer talking to my friends. And she's like, well, actually, I need it now. So get off. End of discussion. No more discussing. And like, yeah. I would, I understand like, oh, it would be nice because we don't have enough money that we could use the same computer, but I also don't like personally being reliant on other people. And when he comes and like can't work right away, can't do like a bunch of things that he probably wants to be doing, I'm sure he doesn't want to also feel reliant on her for this. So not ideal. Uh, I don't know that it's communicated on either side, like mm-hmm. 100% correctly, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, not great. And when Kara's like, oh, well, I like to budget and Guillermo lives a more non-rigid financial lifestyle. Like, yeah, because he's 23. <laughs> like, yeah. You met him when he was 21. No wonder. Like, this is a difference. <laughs> well, that and I think you highlighted it very well in that I hadn't thought about the fact that, oh, she could very much be like, all right, well, it's my laptop and I need it for work. So you got to mm-hmm. stop talking to people. That wouldn't fly. I think the other part of it is I could see Kara just being like, hmm, I don't want to see him just sitting on the computer all day. Mm-hmm. And 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 that could be an easy way that she she could see him using his time. Or the whole like, well, you didn't have a computer because he said he lost his computer at some point. So, well, you didn't have a computer this whole time. So like, why do you need one now? Like, I, it's it's again, there's quite a few things going on here. I think they could have both communicated this better and had a good conversation but then they wouldn't be on this show they have to have bad conversations here so exactly my money versus your money still in play uh will guillermo get his laptop or not still in play and uh, the whole Kara and guillermo him being the baby and not being happy about it and Kara babying him and trying to like parent him and not maybe realizing it are all in play the balloons are out the window. We're not even discussing the fact that balloons appeared in the first episode and she had a <laughs> balloon business that just like stopped happening. So <laughs> yeah, RIP you know, balloon watch. All right. Well, you know, if he's like worried, maybe he can jump in on that business. Who knows? But uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the demand. <laughs> I mean, if, if she had demand during peak pandemic, there's more demand now. Surely that's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. 
Well, that's it on Karen Guillermo. The only thing we see from the next time on is that, oh, breaking news. Kara has a creepy uncle who used to be a private investigator and has stalked him on Instagram. And then Kara tells Guillermo, yeah, my my uncle's probably going to say he's going to beat you up. Like, wh- why? Ugh, I hate this. Because first of all, yeah, do your stalking. Like, we're all doing the stalking before we meet them. That's fine. I want to know what they look like. I want to know, like, the little detail, like, you know, a couple little details. But I'm not threatening anybody when you meet them. Like, sitting out polishing the rifle is quite a step too far. I agree. I agree. You don't need to do any of that mess. Relax. Stop it. And like, have a conversation with him first. You'll immediately know what, what his situation is and what Garam was like. Like, this is ridiculous. He does not need to be treated this way. I'm not looking forward to this whatsoever, but I'm sure we'll, we'll go in on the uncle next week. Oh, fun. I can only imagine how well that's going to go. Well, it might go slightly better than the dinner plans of this next couple. We're going to go over to Jibri and Miona next year. And hard to be worse, <laughs> honestly. So Jibri and Miona's entire storyline this week, there were two segments in total or maybe three. Um, it was they are making dinner for Jibri's parents this week. Okay. Now, it comes up at the beginning that, you know, Miona's lived away from home and she's never cooked, never done laundry, or she's never lived away from home, never cooked, never done laundry or any of the cleaning. So this is their first experience, Jibri and Miona, of them together, not in a four or five star resort. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, I let me put a put out a PSA to all you couples out there that are, you know, long distance relationshiping. Okay. At least once, get an Airbnb for one of your trips. <laughs> get an Airbnb. I mean, and if it's close to restaurants, that's fine because you'll still have to do some cleaning and stuff. Get an Airbnb that's a little bit further out and, you know, mm-hmm. buy some food once and do the cooking, do the stuff together. Not only is it fun exercise, but also if, I mean, four to five star resort living is significantly different than living at an Airbnb. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't have to stay uh, away from LA quite as long if we had stayed at one or two Airbnbs along the way. <laughs> a couple, yeah, four to five star. I think I've been in a four star once yeah. my whole life. Uh, I am not on this scale, Jerry and Miona. Like we are not living the same life. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, I like how even like at the beginning of this episode with them, where we set up the talks of the wedding are going on again. Yeah. Um, I thought this was funny where it's like, you want an expensive wedding? Like, no, I don't want an expensive wedding. I just want a nice beach wedding. That's not cheap. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. Or that isn't cheap looking either. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. okay. Well, I wonder what that means. <laughs> so, and then it turns into, we're going to have two, maybe three weddings. Um, this was quite the good time for me personally watching. Jibri and Miona are simply living off of vibes and they just don't know it yet. You know, mm-hmm. like the, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of money that they've saved up. Hell, when the money stuff came up earlier in the season, Jibri did everything but to try and cover it up and not talk about it. So, um, when he tries to get her to unpack, she hesitates, but she's like, well, honestly, I don't even know how long we're going to be here. So I don't know if I should unpack everything. 
He's like, no, you need to unpack. What are you talking about? Even the winter coats? Yes, Miona, unpack the damn winter coats because you're going to be here for... You even said till maybe until Christmas only, you need the coats. Stop being like ridiculous. Y'all both know what the other one wants, but you are too stubborn. Both of you. I love trying to move the needle from six months was it to one day <laughs> yeah like, i don't need to unpack we're fine we're leaving <laughs> like oh it's are we <laughs> <laughs> maybe just maybe i can get out of this not nah, unpack it's unpack time uh, yeah you know she dreams big <laughs> we have seen that with the weddings definitely with the unpacking uh miona's used to getting what she wants right which then however it comes time to hey we're going to go to the store. We're going to pick up some food items. We're going to cook for Jibri's parents today. Now, Miona has a whole experience at this grocery store because she notices there's this packet of like eight burritos for $3. And I thought, how rude of you to not drop the name because that is a bargain I would like to purchase. <laughs> that is good. I don't care what the brand is. I don't care what the prep is. Eight burritos for $3 is steal. Gimme. But, um, she says, you know, there's a lot of pre-made food and a lot of frozen food here in America compared to um, what I'm used to, which I was like, fair. I think I could give you that. Mm. And then <laughs> she's like, what's string cheese? And Jimmy's like, oh, get that. Get that. That's good. That's good. You, won't, you need you are going to want that. It's like, really? String cheese is the thing you wanted to introduce to, uh, to, to her? Number one on the list, string cheese. <laughs> Take it off the board. I... First experience string cheese when I moved here um, two years ago. I maybe it's because I didn't have it as a kid, but like the peeling and eating does not appeal to me. I will bite it like it is one piece. I'm just not a string cheese guy. Yeah, like, it's like like a chocolate for everybody bar to me. Else. More, More for everybody, everybody else. else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a finger food. Like, ooh, let me like you know rip it into pieces. No, it's it's one piece. The only time I respect the let me like rip a little piece off and have it. Is that, uh, what, what do you call it? The, the tape gum? You know, the gum that comes in like the big tape. Yeah, I'm not okay, going to okay. bite a piece out of that, but <laughs> that would be quite the move. <laughs> oh my God, the stares you would get. <laughs> yeah. so, all right. Uh, this guy's a menace. We need to stay away from him. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, that's not allowed. Okay, we're not doing that. Good. We're on the same page then. So, Miona continues to look at stuff, you know, and then we talk about them staying in four to five star resorts. The meal that catches her eyes, ooh, corn dogs. I, I would, I would want to try that. That looks pretty interesting. Jimmy's like, no, we cannot feed my parents corn dogs. That is not happening. But then they instead opted for a frozen chicken Alfredo packets. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, how far removed are we? Corn dogs would do fine. Here's the thing. There are foods that freeze well, say a corn dog. <laughs> and there are foods <laughs> that I would not eat out of a frozen box, say a chicken Alfredo. So I feel like Miona had the right idea at first. <laughs> I mean, listen, you want to start simple. No, you know what? The right idea would have been for them is just order from a restaurant yep. and then pretend <laughs> it's your food. Like just plate it, throw yeah. them out down the street. You're fine. But no. We had to go with the frozen chicken Alfredo. Yeah. So they pick this up and they figure out, okay, we're going to do this. 
It'll be fine. Miona even at one point says, listen, hide the bags in case they like it. Then we can take all the claim. And while they're getting the food ready and they're trying to cook, um, the whole conversation comes up about David. So David, as everyone remembers, is Jibri's best friend and bandmate. They talked last week. They want to get the band back together. They want to get back to touring now that the pandemic's starting to be in the rearview mirror. But this conversation when David comes up, it gives me a lot of insight to Miona and David's, I guess, frenemyship because mm-hmm. you can tell based on what Miona's saying, it all came from David's side, which I honestly believe. I feel like the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I can see what she's saying. Like, I feel like probably was she like a little dramatic at times? Yes, but I think he probably is the one who started out with like the dislike more. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it's somewhere in the middle, but I do tend to believe her side of the story here. Yeah, because I think for me, what ended up being the indicator was the conversation about how um, when Miona and Jibri were in like Davi's hometown, they went to this restaurant and then the what was it? The electricity went out and uh, she didn't react well to that. And he thought that she wasn't being respectful and should be more humble and modest since she comes from the same country. And then. He called her bougie. So I was like, I could see Miona reacting that way. And I can see David reacting to her that way, especially because Jibri's actively telling her all of this, which I thought, Jibri, you know, your your objective is you want them to be friends, right? Doing a poor job of it right now by, by this interpretation yeah. you're putting out there. It's not great. The thing is, Miona doesn't deny it. She's not like, oh, oh no, I wasn't that bad. And so that's where I like tend to believe it. It's like, well, the reason in why I acted that way, and this is what I like about 90 Day Fiance, is I get whiplash every week from like, <laughs> <laughs> they show me like one thing and like basically are like, even within this episode, it's like Miona is like, oh, all of a sudden we're going to have a garden wedding in Serbia. And would well, you want a garden wedding here too? We can do that on top of the beach wedding. And so like <laughs> they make her look really bougie and like don't give a backstory where then she explains like you know I did grow up in a country where when I was a baby there was a war and then as I was growing up it was post-war my parents did everything that they could to make sure that I never felt like I did without and that's why I am this way so like it contextualizes a lot uh, about what we've seen about her to this point I think yeah, and and it's very interesting because then we combine that with what little we know from David, but then this week we got an explanation into as to why David is such an important person to Jibri. Aside from the fact that they're bandmates and like his career kind of is linked up to him, they were high school friends from like all the way to here. We find out that David is Jibri's godfather. And now Liana did some Googling and sent me a, like a copy paste text earlier that I read, but I don't have the, the text mm-hmm. to, to recite. But, um, Jibri specifically mentions that David is in Serbian is his kum. And what this explanation was is that he is the godfather. And then what the text Liana sent me was in, in Serbian culture, the godfather is you know, you can have a friend assigned as your godfather, and the expectation is that if one of you is to pass away, 
that other person will take care of your like family and like your your kids or etc. And but then um uh, uh Jibri brings up a ritual where they took some of his hair and some of David's hair and then they put a bit of magic on it and then he became the godfather. So it's very fascinating because I think if you, I just said godfather we'd all get to the same conclusion but it's a little bit different than what you might expect. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is it's like, oh, here is the word of what it is in Serbian, and then here is the like loose translation of what it means. But it doesn't mean the same thing that like Godfather might mean to you. It's like right. a mutual relationship between the two, where if anything were to have happened to one of them, the other would look out for the other's family. And so, uh, like very sweet, beautiful relationship that Miona wants no part of and will not acknowledge. Yeah. So um looking at a website for this uh has a couple accepted translations godfather and best man depending on the context. Uh godfather when the role involves the sacred institution of godparenthood um in other words the bringing up of children in the faith. Okay. Okay, yeah. So this is okay. Long story short, the TLDR David means a lot to Jibri and Miona means a lot to Jibri. But Davi doesn't mean anything to Miona and Jibri means everything to Miona. So Miona's like, I have to be number one. Like if no matter what happens moving forward, you rank me first and our family first over um David because he's not really family. And then he brings up the whole Godfather thing. She's like, well, still, I should be number one. So, mm-hmm. well, and that's the thing is, I don't think that Jibri is going to even argue that. Like, I think Miona is number one for him, but yeah. he's like, no, David is around. <laughs> like, he's not going anywhere. So we're going to have to get this worked out in some <laughs> way, shape or form. Uh, it's not, you know, starting on the best foot, but it, my fingers are crossed for them. I mean, good luck to them. Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> if this dinner is any indicator, so let's get back to this frozen food. Scally, what did you think? Uh, I mean, I just knew this wasn't going to go well. I feel like for Jubri, like you should just have looked at like what have you eaten that's frozen in the past? If not chicken Alfredo, then like maybe this isn't the time to go for the first, you know, first uh, plate with chicken Alfredo frozen. So I was not convinced this was going to be super successful. No, and I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where following the bag instructions is easy, but I could tell based on the description of the chicken that they had overcooked it. Mm. Rubber chicken, you overcooked it. It's bad. Yeah. It's gone. So I agree with you. Frozen food, look at some of the other frozen foods you've had potentially and go that direction. But honestly, the other part of me is like, you just follow a recipe. It's not that difficult. Yeah. I think that like frozen food could have been manageable, but like, yeah, I don't know. They're eating like Gino too. So, uh, not yeah. ideal, but like there were ways to make this work. Uh, it doesn't seem like Miona was too concerned with making it work, but, uh, I love that. I love that confession of her being like, mm, I wasn't hoping it was going to be bad, but maybe now they know what to expect. You know, Paris Hilton taught us if you do something poorly when someone asks the first time, they won't ask you again. So <laughs> like, only learning life lessons here. And um, both parents were like, listen, pass the hot sauce. Let me throw some hot sauce on this. To, like bring it to life potentially, which I don't like put some hot sauce on. I don't mind. 
But Jibri got so offended that they reached for the hot sauce, that they didn't like it when he knew, oh, we're going to try and cheat the system and do this pre-meal thing. So, Jibri, what is it going to be? Are you going to feel very offended about this? Because you both know that you don't even know what you're doing. So why is this so bad to you? So look, hot sauce got me through college dining halls. Like I understand the move, but I don't think it was the hot sauce as much as like there were a lot of passive aggressive <laughs> comments made, even some where it was like, well, I got to be honest, this chicken is awful. <laughs> so uh, maybe we didn't have to go that hard. <laughs> but well, I also don't like the idea of you started being like, oh, it's not bad. And then, no, yeah. I got to be honest, it sucks. Like, yeah, then why'd you fake it or didn't do it well either? So. No, that's the thing. I just feel like we could have been a little more like just like easy on either side. People like on one side, it's like you guys didn't cook this from scratch. This is not like your creation that they are (laughs) insulting. But at the same time, like I know people, my dad, where like picks up food from a restaurant. And if the restaurant screwed up one thing, he is like personally insulted if you're upset about it. (laughs) So (laughs) like it can happen. I understand. So like, maybe don't take so much offense to like you heated up food, not the best. And also maybe don't like be such an asshole when you like ask them to do something and they tried. Right. Yeah. And I think from both sides, there's something to be learned here. <laughs> um, I don't know. The last thing I want to bring up here about Jibri and Miona is that Jibri did this twice and it kind of bothered me where he's like, You know, there's a huge cultural difference. She's never, you know, cooked or cleaned or anything like that before. And I'm like, Jibri, that's true. She hasn't done that. But that isn't a cultural difference. It's a difference in households. Like people can be from different cultures and have the exact same or different living situations where, oh, from a very young age, I was given chores. I did this, that, whatever, whatever. Or I was, I didn't have any chores. I didn't do anything. So that's what it is. So I was like, stop. Putting it in that, say it correctly, please and thank you. That's exactly what it is, because I liked the instinct where a lot of these couples will not stand up for their significant other in any way, shape, or form. And yeah. I thought so, like he did it super respectfully, where it was like, you know, like you guys, like she tried and I tried, and like it's kind of disappointing that you're giving us a really hard time. Mm-hmm. But it's not a cultural difference. <laughs> like Yeah. Nah, yeah, it, good intention and bad execution, unfortunately, mm-hmm. here. Agreed. All right. Um, good intention and bad execution might be another great segue for this next couple. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. One more break for this uh, podcast. When we come back, we'll talk about the mess that is Bilal and Shaida. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back. Okay. Biggest mess of the season so far. Well, probably the quietest episode for him this season. Back to Bilal and Shaida here. Now, Scally. They start this episode talking about how Shaida still did not love the prank. She still feels resentful that he tested her, but that he's making it up to her in some ways. I have to know your thoughts on the whole prank TM. So here's my thing. <laughs> yes. Like Shida at this point is like, oh, I understand that most people are thinking like, oh, he lied to me for 24 hours and pulled this prank. And that was stupid. But I have to imagine when she's sitting in this house, that was like the quote unquote prank house. She also was running through her mind. Like, how long did we talk for? And he presented himself a certain way. And was actually like lying all of that time in order to like present himself different and like get me here and like not a full out lie, but like almost giving false pretenses by like how he was presenting himself on social media. So mm-hmm. I feel like it, even though it was like 12 hours of lying here, she almost thought it was like two years of lying for 12 yeah, hours. Like what else is a lie? What else mm-hmm. is untrue? It can be everything. So I just feel like I understand the question that he wanted to ask, but like, like that, that he, the question that he had in his mind that he wanted to get from this, like uh, not a great thought. First of all, if this is the person that you're going to be marrying. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're ever going to get the correct answer because she's not going to bail in 12 hours. First of all, like regardless, she's not. And then like, I just feel like if she, responds negatively you're gonna think one way if she responds positively and then like positively later like i don't i just don't feel like you're ever getting a actual answer to the question you have and you're only making yourself look stupid it's just it's so misguided (laughs) i have so many problems with it Right. So we agree. This was a very bad decision. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So bad. Enormously bad decision. It's just like on so many layers. (laughs) Like there's so many layers to why it's so bad. Horrible. Now, he's finally telling the truth in that last time he said, oh, yeah, we're going to go to my mom's for lunch and then ended up being their house. But mom is showing up for lunch this time. Okay. And now mom's coming through. It's going to be his mom, his sister, and his brother that she's going to be meeting for the first time. Liana made sure that I mentioned there are no curtains in the kitchen. He's very upset (laughs) about the lack of curtains in Bilal's house. Still, no curtains in the kitchen. Okay? There you go. (laughs) I can understand. Yeah. So, Shaida meets um, Bilal's mom. They hit it off out the gate, it feels like. Everyone, you know, gives her a nice embrace. Everyone's happy. Um, his mom does tell us that she seems to have a great heart and spirit, but they haven't seen each other in two years, so she knows they're going to probably have things to work out. Like, mom's smart. Mom knows. Mom knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Now, the only other bit of conversation we get from them this episode is 
the family decides, hey, we all we were all in on the prank. We knew he's a, and he brags about Bilal in the confession. I'm like, yes, I got the keys to the van for my mom and my sister helped me set up the house. We were all in on the prank. I was like, Bilal, stop trying to give blame out to the rest of your family. This was your prank. They just gave you stuff and you made it a prank. Okay, stop it. It's such a problem because, like, first of all, you've already shown a lack of self-awareness by pulling this prank in the first place. But, like, the initial meeting goes so well. Like, everyone is so happy to meet each other. Everyone is, like, embracing. And it's, like, beautiful. And I'm just, like, so happy everything is going so well. And then for Bilal to be, like, oh, actually, um, she, like, everyone was in on this prank. And everyone knew it but you. And so she's going to feel even, like, a little more stupid at that point. And then to also be like oh actually she's not being truthful about how she reacted and she was not grateful and (laughs) like oh my god what are you doing what an idiot so yeah so the mom and and sister do ask like so what were your impressions of the house because like obviously when they know this was our old house and the diplomatic answer that Shida gave was incredible you know oh it took me back in time like it felt like my grandma's house the ceiling reminded me of my grandma's house and then Bilal goes, hmm. Yeah, she was like, wow, you brought me from Trinidad to this? Yeah. And I thought, Bilal, do you want to sleep in on the couch in your in your lovely house with no curtains? Because you're gonna. It was just like, I felt like even with Shida was kind of like, kind of like, Haha, you know, I was like, oh, this brings me back in time. Like, had like an inflection in her voice that like was being a little honest of like, it was surprising but wasn't like, you know, still trying to make a good impression. Uh, whereas Paul like throws her right under the bus. There is no problem. Uh, actually, if you, I know this is going really well, but I need everyone to be a little sketched out by each other on both sides. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be appreciated. Uh, um, I, yeah, I just, I hated this. I hated this from Bilal and you know, he's done nothing but make me not like him <laughs> since episode one. He peaked. He peaked before we got to see it, the prank reveal. That was his best moment. I don't know if we're going to go back. But I, re- yeah. <laughs> and I do like uh, Shida has a, a uh, little bit of a comment here where it's like, oh, well, he's really good at keeping secrets, though. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> first of all, she's flagged up that like, uh, how do I trust him 100% after this? But also like where he is actively not keeping a secret and saying exactly what she uh, was saying, or even like embellishing on it almost and making it worse. So uh, it was, you know, a double-edged sword. I thought in that comment as well. Yeah. One thing that Shida is not going to let Bilal do this season, which I'm very happy about is that if he says anything, she's not going to let him just have it. Mm -hmm. She will have something to say back. And I enjoy it every time. Um, so the one other thing that comes up in this conversation is that Shida mentioned is asked, you know, what are your thoughts about kids? Like, you know, you're, you know, you're 37, et cetera, et cetera. Like, no, you know, I've always wanted my, you know, own, like kids and I would love to, I know, you know, Bala has two kids. I would love to, you know, end up in a position where they can see me as their mom potential or see me as a mom. Bala starts getting very sheepish and avoids the topic essentially. And Shaida tells us in confessional, yeah, there's no way I'm going to get married without this conversation. So Bilal can run, but he cannot hide from this conversation, Scally. 
how was this not discussed? <laughs> like he was hiding the house. He was hiding the car. He was hiding the backyard. He was hiding the fact that, oh, I don't want any more kids. Um, <laughs> how like, did he get a yes? How, after all this secrecy, how did, why did he get approved? I don't know. I am so surprised that we are like at this point where this has not been seemingly sorted out. Uh, this is a big issue. Yeah, no, it's a huge issue. And it's only going to get more awkward because then the next time on scene, we see that Shahid is talking to Bilal's children and they're like, what do you want us to call you? And Shahid says, you know, maybe one day you call me Ummi. Like, oh, isn't that mom? Like, yeah. And then the kids in the confession are like, yeah, I don't love that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't want that. No, thank you. Yeah. Like, she's enthusiastic about, like, being a parent and wants to be involved, and that's mm-hmm. encouraging. But, like, maybe also the fact that, like, they're a little more grown. We let them decide what they feel comfortable with. Yeah. They're definitely, like, because I think they are, I don't remember their ages, but like somewhere in the 12 to 8 range. Is that fair? Yeah. I, yeah, I would say so. so. I mean, it, it's not like, you know, it, they are going to remember a time before she was here. <laughs> like, yeah. Not as if we are introducing toddlers. That is not the case here. Right. Also, uh, no Jibri and Miona next week. They are the bi week couple. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. Two more couples to go here, Scally. We'll go with the one with probably the least needle thread movement, and that is Emily and Kobe. Now, I feel like when we first saw them, so we saw them, this was the second scene we saw in the episode, uh, the starting being Ari and Binium. But when we first see Kobe this episode, very little was left of the imagination, I felt like. <laughs> hey, the underwear model days were coming back. They were. Big comeback <laughs> there, for sure. Um, in the uh, the tidy whiteies were out. It's not what I expected, I will say. No, I didn't see it coming. But also, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what I expected. No. <laughs> you know, yeah. good for him. <laughs> yeah. They're also another couple that, that had sex this episode. Not in the episode, but they... <laughs> enjoyed each other you know what they had their date night okay they had the date night and they had you know they had it once in the shower twice not in the shower but with them they also gave us a little b-roll of them you know getting there so we saw a lot of kobe and emily this week oh we did (laughs) Um, i was just surprised because i thought this plan was doomed to fail i could not believe that we were asking kobe to spend another day away from his child i was (laughs) floored that this was happening so you know what when he's like oh this was the perfect night this is my dream come true i'm so glad we do that did this i was like emily you got away with murder because i do not know how this worked out for you um but you know what uh there were some concerning conversations already happening here for me though given the uh i know i don't usually watch previews but the i believe you discuss the season previews usually oh yeah you can go for it yeah i mean the uh quote good thing you pulled out was uh like a sign of uh you know other things i know may be coming of like i don't feel like emily has the you've already had one child maybe we should have looked into how reproduction works a little better emily yeah i mean they they could you know another couple that has had this was um kalani and oswelu from a couple seasons ago where 
to go. We had a kid. We weren't really ready to, to be a family yet. And oh, we have a second kid now. And then <laughs> the difference there was Asuela was like, I want like many kids. I want like a big family. And Kalani's like, no, like, that yeah. is not happening. So <laughs> we'll see where they're at right now. Because again, uh, Kobe has not even met Kobe yet as of yet. But like even Emily's future plans are like n- nothing about protection, about like any preventative measures. Just like, you know what? We'll just times of the month is how we're going to figure it out. It's like, Emily, you can get pregnant any time of the month. Like, we really need to like sort this out. You made a promise. <laughs> and Kobe wants nine children. He is not going to warn you if he knows any better. <laughs> Listen, again, the, we've we've been using this word a lot in modern era. Um, when you live off vibes. This is the kind of stuff that happens. No, Something vibes happens. don't pay the bills. <laughs> oh, they do not. They most definitely vibes cost money. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they act, yeah, exactly. They actively <laughs> add to the bills. Very much so. Um, so on the drive back to home, finally, on the way for the, the Coben reunion, as we're going to call it, Kobe's asked, you know, are you excited to see Coben and the family? Or are you nervous about the family? And Kobe starts sweating a little bit. I'm like, why are you asking him, Emily? Just let him, let it, let just do the drive. It'll be fine. Um, but they finally, on the way there, Kobe tells us that, you know, he's worried that what if my son doesn't accept me? What if they don't accept me? He gets overwhelmed. He starts crying in the car, which was actually very emotional. I felt bad for him. I wanted to give Kobe a hug. Um, Kobe's showing his feelings, which I do appreciate. Um, when you know people feel comfortable enough to to let it out mm-hmm. yeah this was sweet i was like oh kobe i mean it's not unexpected it's been you know mm-hmm. two years that he is just like been anticipating this moment and uh two years in a day let's say given that it was delayed again but uh i just feel like finally that moment is like rapidly approaching now and it's not surprising that like overwhelming emotions are happening yeah, definitely not. Um, especially you get there, you're in the parking lot, about to get into the house. Like a lot is happening at the same time. So mm-hmm. he he gets out of the car. They've got like a nice little welcome home banner with pictures of Coben, which I was I thought was very cute. It was a good touch, and he finally sees Coben, and everything's amazing. Coben doesn't immediately take to him, which makes sense. But as he's seeing all this happen, he gets over. He gets like, you know, whelmed again. He shares a hug with the in-laws, which was nice. Now I'm skipping through all this because there's a moment where they're both sitting on the couch mm. and Coben is being <laughs> breastfed. And he's like, I guess, starting to like drift off to sleep. And Kobe's touching Coben's feet. And Emily's like, hey, quit touching his toes. He's going to bed. Um, Emily, he just got here. Let him touch the baby. Yeah, it it almost was like, did you just swat his hand away? That's, <laughs> like, that's what it looked like. Yeah, I did not love this. Um, Same. <laughs> so, like, and it even was like, I get it. Emily has been the parent that has been there, like actually doing the day to day and like knows what works for them and does not want their routine to just automatically change. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know what you're doing. Like you are bringing this child's father into his life. It's what you actively want to do. And so like, even just like, Oh, like he's trying to sleep right now. Like, 
we'll do that like when a little bit like that's all it has to be not swatting his hand away like don't touch him <laughs> like oh i did not like that at all yeah it made me feel very uncomfortable because ultimately everything you said about knowing the routine knowing what what baby coben needs and reacts to it still kind of felt like well you made him wait a day and now you're not even letting him be with Coben because Coben suddenly has to go to bed. So come on, let him let him hang out with Coben, just please. For me, yeah. I I I can't believe we're four episodes in and I haven't seen Kobe play with Coben. You know, know. Like that is bothering me. Give me Coben and Kobe. It's hard. Like I babies are super finicky. They like want to do what they want to do, and like I get that. Like we don't know the like <laughs> just like Coben's temperament at all. He could be like very difficult if he doesn't sleep when he wants to sleep. So I right. understand like the instinct, and we also like maybe there was play or like a little bit more like bonding or holding, and we didn't see it. But from what we saw, I was like, hmm, this is not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think that's the key is from what we saw because if we yeah. didn't see stuff then i retract a bunch of stuff i just said yeah sure <laughs> i mean we um, can only go on what we saw so. exactly exactly well th- and then the next time on we see the infamous breastfeed comma sharing breasts with my son confessional from kobe which i'm very excited to dive into because i don't know what to expect at the beginning and end of that like what starts that confessional what (laughs) concludes that segment we'll find out next week uh that is not going to be a fun segment (laughs) i don't believe uh i do not see uh and you know anyone coming away super clean so uh i am interested to see how that goes at, at least yeah no we'll see we'll see how it plays out we have one last couple here Scally, before we dive into the power rankings and ultimately the destination of the Hot Mess Express, we have to go through Ari and Binyam. Oh, your old friends. They're back. Okay. First of all, how <laughs> dare you? Don't rope me into their life. I am, my life's fine. Thank you very much. But this whole episode with them was so frustrating because obviously we are coming out of Winegate, aka Wish throwing the glass of wine in um, Ari's face and they're about to leave for the States. So this whole timeline is about a day because now it's the morning after the wine gate and Biniam is doing a lunch with his family to say, you know, proper goodbye before they later go to the airport like that night or whatever. So the whole vibe of this segment to me, Scally was, Ari being like, oh, I don't care. I'm not even faced. My conscience is clear. I've done nothing wrong. I've done zero wrong. And in fact, it doesn't bother me. None of this bothers me. I'm not upset. And Binyam being like, but you're kind of upset. Like, nope, I'm not upset. Stop saying I'm upset. You are upset. Your sisters are upset. I'm not upset. <sighs> and I... you, said, you said I'm not upset too much for me. Like, if... It's a lot. I have so many feelings. <laughs> Where, Please share. Uh, for me, one of my favorite things about 90 Day versus where we last saw Ari and Binyam 
what is on 90 day like we do get that counter occasionally where it's like 89 days till like 88 days till so we get kind of a sense of the timeline where i felt like in 90 days after and stuff like that like i truly have no idea how long anyone has been at any place in their storyline and with ari and binium i don't think that we've gotten to the 90 days yet so i'm still a little confused like how far after their interview was this because as i remember from the end of last season we weren't really expecting to even be doing an interview and moving to the u.s so it is a little confusing on like how long did they actually hold off on telling everyone was it like well we knew three days ago and then we waited two days or was it like we knew months and now we're finally telling i don't get the sense that it was actually that long um Mm -hmm. so that like you know if it was months i think it's like more egregious that no one said anything but uh for me it still comes down to like Ari just being like it is my way or the highway this is what we're doing that like is going to make it very difficult for me to be on her side at any point right now yeah i think every season that i've covered with Ari and binium at some point i always end up reminding myself that i should remind the audience they're both awful Oh yeah, they are both so bad. And in this instance, the reason why Ari's bad, colon, Ari pretty much knows the wine being thrown in her face might have been the best thing to happen to her. And here's why: mm-hmm. because Ari wants Binium to move to the states and have a new life with her baby Avi and her family in in the states. This happening for Ari is proof of your family doesn't like me. They, I didn't do anything outrageous. They threw wine on me. I didn't even, I wasn't the one who told you not to tell them. And that's BS. And I don't stand for that. And now she doesn't have to deal with patching things up because the ball is not in her court. Now, the other side of things is that Mimi and Wish, Binyam's sisters, have essentially told Binyam that Ari needs to apologize to them. So that's never going to happen. Ari has found herself in a position where she doesn't have to, at this point, try and play friendly anymore, which I think she's okay with because she's been fed up with the way she's been treated by uh, Binyam's family. Mm-hmm. It's really hard, and I agree. Like In the last season, like specifically, I went back and forth and back and forth on like whose side I was on. Ultimately, it always ends up with, like, really, neither. Yeah, I um, gave up. I gave up. <laughs> like, you're both awful. I hate both of you. Yeah, so it's rough. Um, unfortunately, here, it's just hard. Like, when Binyam's family is trying to do, like, a lunch to say goodbye, and Ari's claiming, like, oh, she's just, like, always been very nice. Like, well, I can think of, like, many points where, like, people on both sides were not always very nice. You weren't. You weren't. Like, the whole, especially when she was in the States, I feel like it was a, yeah, your whole, like, your whole circle is such a bad influence on you. Move to Kenya now and and wipe the slate clean. So, and then she didn't even want to go to Ethiopia when he was getting his interview. So I don't, she's definitely not a saint and definitely not been, you know, the best when it comes to the family. But again, once someone throws wine in your face, I feel like you are now in the lead as far oh, yeah. as who is the nicer person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is like you're, oh, 
I have this one up now. Yeah. <laughs> like it is solidified. I can really push the boundary uh, that has like already been crossed over onto my side. So I could take advantage of this. Uh, it's not ideal. I hope that's not like the actual thought that's going through, but I wouldn't be entirely surprised at the same time. Um, it's like, it's just like, it's bad mess. <laughs> unfortunately, this is not the fun mess. Yeah, no, it's definitely not fun. It's again, it's uncomfortable because the both their lives are involved in this and baby Avi is just, you know, innocent bystander to all this mess that maybe Avi can't even be privy to. But so when it comes to this whole goodbye session, so like I said, they did their lunch. Um Ari did not attend. Avi did not attend. Only Biniam attended. And in that conversation, they want Ari to apologize. We know this is never going to happen. But Biniam, in his infinite knowledge, decides yeah, you should come to the airport and and come to the airport and say goodbye. Maybe we patch things up there. Again, Binyam living on a prayer. Every every conversation with Binyam, he's hoping for the best and never expecting the worst, which I don't know why at this point he wouldn't, you know, hope for the worst, expect for the nightmare, because that's what happens with him. Yeah, it's hard because I feel like people also are a little bit like, well, when Ari got uh, wine thrown in her face, like, why didn't Binium stand up for her? Or, like, why didn't he? I feel like it's such a precarious situation where, uh, like, we talked about at one point, uh, even in this episode, like, Binium has already lost one child um, into going to the U.S. And I feel like that is really still on the table where Ari, uh, like, one thing goes wrong and Ari is like, all right, you're not coming with me anymore. Like, I he doesn't want to lose anybody. He doesn't want to lose yeah. family either, right? So it's just, you know, he's at this point paralyzed at the idea exactly. of losing my sister, my brother, my niece's nephews, my son, my wife. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh my God, if I stay quiet, maybe I can get out of this with everyone still being okay with me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and that's what's hard. Yeah. You like, you look at every person in this scenario's like face and like all of them just like absolutely exhausted and just like, like sad and they don't know how they got <laughs> here. And they're yeah. just like so like scared of where it's going to end up. And that's like why it's not fun for me. No, I mean, this is a couple that is just, you know, we talk about hot mess express. That's good mess fun. That's like funny mess fun. This is just sad mess fun. And it has been for three seasons for me. And it's still here and it's still looming. Now, once they get to the States, I'm really hoping that it's, it's fun mess again, because, you know, they're going to be staying, you know, in the same complex as Ari's parents so maybe that's a different vibe i don't know i'm uh, being optimistic for the later because this was hard to get through now we get to the airport because that's that was the next move for them and at the airport you know i think at this point ari had maybe thought okay i don't have to like apologize to anyone but i can be civil you know in the in the ride over she was like you know i'm not the type to be like no 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 sh- you don't talk to me so i'm not going to do that and Binyam's like, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. But when they get there, um, Mimi and Wish pretty much say, yeah, we don't want to face Ari. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So she goes into the uh, back into like the minivan. And when Mimi and Wish are like, can we, will she let us kiss the child goodbye? Like we, we miss, we're going to miss him. She was like, no, 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 he's cold. So uh, Avi's sleeping. He's going to be in the car. 
And she does tell um, us that, I mean, if they're smart, they would have just come to the car to say goodbye, but they're not. They're doing, they're saying stupid stuff. So I don't care. I, at this, this part of the night, I have a hard time siding with anyone but Ari, because I fully understand why she's upset by the way they rejected her. And I also see why she didn't want them to get what they wanted. It's hard because, like, this is also Binium's child. And if he wants his child to, like, say goodbye to his family that he is leaving, Mm -hmm. I think that he should be allowed to do that. And so it's like a very tough situation where, like, yes, ultimately, should Mimi and Wish have apologized? Because, like, once you throw, like, something, you, you know, go at someone, like, you are in the wrong. It's not, like, (laughs) cool. So, like, yes, should have apologized. And, like, also for the benefit of Binium, like, really, ideally here, you're going to hope that it would just be, like, eat a little bit of crow and just say, like, I'm sorry. Like, that was not, like, cool. And I, I mean, the theme of every single episode of 90 Day Fiance is like communication is not good on either side, but like, you know, try. But I also completely understand that, like, ideally, Binyam should be allowed to have his child, like, say goodbye to his family. I mean, listen, I agree with that, but yeah. I feel like if ultimately Binyam did go to the car and he could have been like, Okay, well, can they come over? Like, if you really yeah. want it, like, I think Binium was just ready for them all to end and he can just move on because, you know, there's no, again, he, it's Binium. He's terrified of making any move. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. the easiest move is no move. And obviously, by not doing any move, she comes off as the devil because she didn't let us say goodbye to our nephew. And that's not going to be great. But also, I think from where Ari's standing, she's never coming back. I really don't think she's ever coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, the his sisters do tell him, and listen, if you ever need a plane ticket back, we will pay for it, and you will come back home to your country. And also, they do give him like a good luck in that, and hopefully, you can you know take the opportunity to find your first son. So I think that's maybe a part of the storyline of like, is, is Binyam going to get to meet his first son? Is that going to be a thing? Is that going to be on the show? Even I don't know. Yeah, I feel like at least the effort is made on the show. Otherwise, I don't know that we would have heard it like twice here or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, But ultimately, I'm just so curious to see how this plays out, like with one of these ingredients removed. (laughs) Like we are now going to the U.S. like Ari wants and Binium will be away from his like family and friends, which were uh, like a cause of drama in the end of last time they were on. So I am curious to see like, do their problems continue because then uh, or do they not? Because I feel like then we get a little more insight into, uh, you know, some of the arguments of the past. Yeah, because so in the next time on, we see Ari and Binyam. We see that Ari tells Binyam, you know, I guarantee no one here will throw a drink in your face. And this is where I think Ari needs to stop because mm-hmm. in the episode itself, on the way to the airport, um, I want to find the exact quote here. Let me pull up my notes. Um, Ari says that, you know, the fact that they never treat, they never treated me well, it only hurts Binyam. Okay. So you are acknowledging that Binyam's getting more hurt by this stuff than you are because you're so unfazed. But then don't weaponize the wine thing against him if you want to move forward with the two of you. Again, 
because it's so hard. And like I, I like I said, they're both bad. But mm-hmm. Binyam is about to go through that whole journey of I have no one here. I'm moving here alone. I just said goodbye to my family. My family and my wife don't get along. That's a whole drama. So he's about to be in a whole new environment and he can't work. So she's done this experience before, right? Because she moved to Ethiopia and was in that position where she had nobody. So I hope that she can give him some kindness. But I also hope that they're able to talk about stuff because communication is key. And these two are pretty bad at communicating with each other. I just want baby Avi to be happy. And I'm so worried about where these two are going to end up. Mm-hmm. Like my fingers are crossed. I'm hoping things go well. Uh, I think like Mimi and Wish, I don't have the highest of expectations, unfortunately. That's um, yeah, but it's tough because like we've been saying, like it's not a fun watch, but at the same time, like I do want to know like how this plays out. I want to see um like these people that we've invested multiple seasons in at this point, like uh where do we end up here? But um hoping it is a like uh, let some one of the other couples take a little of the drama for a couple of weeks. Right. No, seriously. Well, all right, Scally. That brings us to the end of the episode, but we have one more item here to do before we leave, and that is of course going through the power rankings where we look at episode four, we look at what we think their future is going to be like, and we rank the couples fifth place, fourth place, all the way to first. In this instance, six couples. So it's going to be a top six this week. Are you down to have this discussion with me so we can figure this out together? Oh, I'm very down. I love the addition. All right. Perfect. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. So, do you want to know what the last week's a reminder of what the last week's ratings were to give you an yes, idea of I'll where we ended? Reminder. Okay. The reminder. So in last place, we had Jibri and Miona. Fourth place was Ari and Binyam. Third place was Emily and Kobe. Second place was even Muhammad, who will not be here this week. And then first place was Bilal and Shaida. Okay. Hmm. See, that's tough in first place because this kid's discussion is quite the uh, potential deal breaker. Yeah, they're not going to, spoiler alert, I really don't think they're going to maintain first place again. (laughs) I don't see it. Uh, Who do you think, do you want to go last or first first? I think last. I think it's easier to be like, this is the messy and then get, because the thing is, there's no like definitive, you're the best couple. It's more of a you're the best of the worst sometimes, so that's why. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any nomination on last? Okay. So on last, let's recap real quick here. Arian Binium, that family is never going to completely be whole with the Mimi and Wish side of things. Um, Bilal and Shaida. Bilal literally threw Shaida under the bus and then has been evading talking about having kids with Shaida, which I think is going to come back to haunt him once again. Karen Guillermo. They are so not last. Like, yeah, the laptop thing isn't great, but who cares? Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Patrick and Thais could have a tough go, but because they're not even in person yet, I would have a hard time giving them that um last place spot, you know? Yeah, it's hard. I'm like, are Ari and Binium last? <laughs> like, I don't want to say that with a child involved, <laughs> but like... See, I don't think they're going to stay you know, last. I don't think yeah, they're going to stay last like, the whole season. For this episode, it is between them and Bilal and Shaida for me. Yeah, I agree. I really think it's like 
Ari and Binningham have like more to overcome almost. And like, there's a longer history there that like makes it, I would not say more stable, but like more to walk away from. But I feel like this episode was so rough. Yeah. And for as long as Binium doesn't speak his truth properly, they're never going to get to any solutions because he's not going to be firm on what he would want. And then he's never going to get what he would want. And then Ari isn't necessarily happy with what she's getting. It's a mess. It's just a yeah. mess. Okay. So let's give them. It's like also this long into the relationship. Y'all should know how to communicate. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You should just know. Okay. And if not now, when else would they fall to last? Like, I feel like (laughs) if this is not rock bottom, I'm scared. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing is they, they can only go up from here, right? They're about to new beginning it in the States. Uh, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay. So that means Bilal and Shaida, once again, they're playing jump rope, Scally. They went from third place to fifth place to first place to back to fifth place this week. Yeah, it's just like sometimes I I did come in thinking like pretty solid, but this kid's discussion is a big one, and I don't feel like it, 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 it could end positivity. up. Yeah, it could end up okay, but I I don't feel like we're on the same page here with, right. with them. Like I don't think they're on the same page here at all. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think, and I think that seed of mistrust that Bilal planted is just going to come back to haunt the relationship more. Um, okay. So then we've got Patrick and Thais, we've got Karen Guillermo, we've got Jibri and Miona, we've got Emily and Kobe. Now, I think, I think of these four, I think, hmm, because I think Jibri and Miona and Emily and Kobe are the more solid couples right now. Karen Guillermo and Patrick and Thais are not like unsolid, but there's not enough there to build a case for top two. So, I would probably say let's give Patrick and Thais fourth simply yep. because we can foresee this whole locations thing being a problem and the whole John thing being a huge issue as well. Yeah, so. that's that's where I'm at ultimately right now. Like, I don't think getting John out of this house is going to be an easy uh, bridge to cross. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be brutal. All right. And then are you down with um, giving Karen Guillermo the bronze medal here? I am down for that this week. I feel like it, I don't feel like super optimistic about like the long term prospects necessarily, but I don't see big issues at the moment either. So, no, I mean, honestly, because of how little issues there are, they could, there's a debate for them to be first place. Yeah. But I kind of don't want to give that couple first place because. They might just hold on to it the whole season, and that's kind of a boring gold medal to have right now. Yeah, you know? I st- I still don't think they are first place this week. I feel like other couples kind of like had more positive uh, interactions this week, where I feel like Guillermo and Kara are uh, still having their issues, even if they're not. Oh, as big. you know what's ridiculous is that Jibri and Miona are about to be top two. Yeah, no, we're changing this. No, <laughs> no, I my mistake, my bad. Yeah, because my thoughts were. Well, listen, they cook together. They were, you know, they're, they're defending each other. I love that. And I was like, Oh, but the, but the David stuff and the expectations of wedding stuff. Yeah. How are they? How are they in the top three again? Okay. Fine. We can knock them down a spot. All right. Let's put Patrick and Thais in third place. Oh, <laughs> wow. Somehow they are making it to third place here. 
Okay, there we John go. John is out of that house apparently in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't think so, but I also think David is not leaving, you know, Jibri's life anytime soon. It'd be a little easier to get John out of that house than it is going to be to get Miona to LA at the moment. So, uh, I think that's fair. <laughs> Safe to say. Okay. So that leaves us the top two of Emily and Kobe and, um, Karen Guillermo. I think it's only fair we give Emily and Kobe first place this week. Yeah, I feel like it just Kobe being so excited, like even Emily's parents were like, I was really like heartening to see uh, mm. like they're still on watch because that's the typical 90 day fiance Classic. family member. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I feel like only positives uh, this week for them. Yeah, I think outside of the little like, you know, um, don't touch his toes. He's sleeping. Mm-hmm. But like, if that's all that was bad, it was actually very good. And I think this was a great episode for them. Yeah. What was their next and time on? We might have even seen a second conception in the cards for them oh here. God. So <laughs> like Kelly, I am not listen, convinced three not. times in at, <laughs> at night. Yeah. They are number one for a reason, folks. Okay. All the way to the gold. Okay. So that is the final rankings here for episode four. We've got Aryan Binyam in last, Bilal and Shaida in fifth, Jibri and Mion in fourth, Patrick and Thais in third. Karen Guillermo second, and then Emily and Kobe in first place going into next week. You know what's funny, Scally? I'm looking at the other weeks. If we had given Karen Guillermo first place, they would have been first place on every episode they've been on so far because they weren't on last week. And then episode one, two, they were first place. I don't feel that good about them in the long term, so I'm not ready to give them a clean sweep in first place. First place is a lot less about them being like the best long term (laughs) and more so about how bad everyone else is that you end up there. (laughs) Them lasting a couple years might be better than everyone else breaking up by the end of the show. (laughs) Being messy (laughs) on Instagram and on Reddit, yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll see. Well, yeah, Scally, I had a lovely time catching up with you here, man. This was awesome. As always, we do appreciate you on the Hot Mess Express. Why don't you let the people know where can they find you? What are the projects you have going on? Oh, well, people can find me over on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally. Anything that I'm doing will be over there. Uh, the challenge All Stars 3 is premiering soon, which will be uh, the main thing that I'm doing for the next little bit over on the Dom and Colin podcast feed, talking about, uh, you know, another season of the challenge. We were on break for a little while. That's about to end. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we get a little busier in the summer when Big Brother and Love Island come back. So that's right. Uh, check Twitter and you'll be updated. There you go. And you can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream there three, four times a week. Come through, say hi, would be appreciated. If you listen to the Mass Singer wrap up and you're thinking, hey, Puya, why wasn't there a Mass Singer podcast this week? I was out of town, obviously, this past week, so I couldn't uh, make it back in time for us to record. The earliest we could have recorded would have been like a Monday or Tuesday. So we figured let's hold off. This upcoming week is going to be the sing along spectacular road to the finale episode. So we'll just talk about this uh, previous episode this week. Then next week, we'll talk about the finale as it comes out. So you will be covered. Liana and I will talk about it. It'll be a good time there. And uh, besides that, I'm hanging out. I'm hanging out. It's the Big Brother off season, which means that I can, you know, kick my feet up and have a good time and not have to worry about 
anything else for about a month and a half before Big Brother inevitably takes over our lives once again. And before we get out of here, if you could leave a rating or review for this podcast, that would be much appreciated. It allows people to find the podcast. It gives me feedback on what you like about this show. Five stars preferred, but not forced. Do as you want. Would appreciate it all the same. It's on robaswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's robaswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. All right. We have arrived at the destination here. I hope you had a good stay here with us. Until next time, take care. Have a good one. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.